Jewish audio on Kaban.org. This class is presented by Rabbi Leib Shapiro. Rabbi Leib Shapiro, a noted Talmudic scholar, is the dean of the Yeshiva Gedola Rabbinical College of Greater Miami, the rabbi of Congregation Beis Menachem, and the community leader in Miami Beach, Florida. The topic is understanding Bitochen. Uh, we know what the word Bitochen means. Bitochen means trust in Hashem, trust, trust in God. And to really understand what Bitochen means, because the way we usually translate the concept of Bitochen is that a person is supposed to trust, and more than just trust, but be sure that under in whichever situation he finds himself, Hashem is going to help him, Hashem is going to protect him, Hashem is going to save him. As the Pesach says, Betach Hashem. Betach Hashem means have betachin, have trust in Hashem. You have to be sure that Hashem is going to help you. That is explained in different parts of the deal with this concept of betachin. Mainly, the Seder called Chavos Halvoves. Then you have Shari Tshuva of Rabbeinu Yena. They discuss this concept of Bitochen. The source of this concept of Bitochen is taken from a Posik, as the Rabbeinu Yena writes. What the Posik says in Chumish Dvorim, Hashem says, If you will ever go to war against your enemies, Posik continues, Do not be afraid. Now some learn that the Posik is that Hashem tells us, promises us, don't be afraid because I will protect you. But, the other meaning in the Pesach is that it's, not a, it's not a promise, it's a commandment. Hashem commands us, do not be afraid. You have to know that I will help you. You have to be sure. In other words, Bipachin, according to this, means that a person is sure that Hashem is definitely going to help you. A person finds himself in a time of stress, the problem. He has to be sure that Hashem is going to save him and take him out of this problem. That means not only that he has a munah, which means belief that Hashem is able to help you. That's a munah. A munah is faith. You believe that Hashem is so great, Hashem is the creator, and Hashem therefore is able to help you. That's not Bitochen. That's Amunah. And we shouldn't confuse the two. Amunah is believing that Hashem could help you. Bitochen means that we are sure that Hashem will help us. That means that when a person finds himself in a problem, he has to be sure that's Bitochen. Bitochen comes from the word Batuach. Batuach means guaranteed. You are guaranteed, you are sure that Hashem is going to help you. That's what the Mitzvah Bitochen is, as the Svarim explained. But the question that comes up here how can we say that a person should be sure that Hashem is going to help him? Why are you so sure? How are you so sure Hashem is going to help you? That you have to have Bitochen knowing for sure He's going to help you. Don't define the Chumash, and actually it's in this week's Parsha, that Yaakov Avinu, when he heard that Esau was coming after him, it says by Yira, he was afraid. And he dabbed to Hashem asking Hashem to help him, but he was afraid. Why was he afraid? Because he wasn't sure what's going to happen. The Pesach says he wasn't sure. He thought to himself, maybe Esau is going to come, and he's going to say he's going to kill us, so he said, let's divide the camp into two, just in case he hurts one, the other one will be safe. But he was afraid. Now she says, why was he afraid? 
The truth is, he was promised by Hashem, as we learned in the previous parasha, Hashem promised him, I'm going to protect you. So if Hashem promised he's going to protect him, so why was he afraid? Wasn't he sure that Hashem was going to protect him? So Rasha says, he was afraid, maybe the sin caused that Hashem's promise should not come true. In other words, he was very humble and he thought, maybe I don't deserve that Hashem should fulfill his promise. So what do we see from here? That even Yaakov Avinu, who was promised by Hashem that he will be protected, nevertheless, he had a right to be afraid and not to be sure he would be protected because he didn't know maybe he doesn't deserve it. So certainly, average people, ordinary people, who were not promised ever by Hashem that you'll be protected and you'll be saved and you'll be helped, how can you be sure that you deserve to be helped? Maybe Hashem will not help you. Using the expression of the Rasha, Shema Yigrem Why don't you think, maybe I sinned, which means maybe I'm not royui, and I don't deserve Hashem to help me. So how can we have this meet to be The truth is, even concerning Yaakov Avinu, there are certain opinions that when he was afraid, it was wrong of him. He shouldn't have been afraid. We find a Medrash. The Medrash says like this. There were two people who were promised to be protected, and nevertheless they were afraid. Who are the two people? Yaakov Avinu, as we just mentioned, that he was promised by Hashem, I protect you, and nevertheless he was afraid. Meish Rabbeinu. It says Meish Rabbeinu, when Oik, when they had the war at the end of the 40 years in the desert, when they had the war with Oik, so Hashem said to Meish Rabbeinu, Al-Tiro, he said, do not be afraid of him. So Medrash says, obviously he was afraid. If he wouldn't have been afraid, Hashem would never have said, don't be afraid. So he was afraid. So the Medrash says that he was afraid, even though he was promised by Hashem, I will be with you. So why was he afraid? So the message says, here we find two people who were promised to be protected and they were afraid. And there are two opinions in the commentaries on the Medrash. One opinion is that the Medrash is saying it in a form of praise for Yaakov HaMesha. That even though these were two people who were promised by Hashem to be protected, nevertheless they were so humble that they were afraid maybe they don't deserve to be protected. But then there is another opinion in the Mephoshim in the commentaries that this is not a shvach, it's not a praise. This is a gnai. This is so, showing some kind of form of mistake that Yaakov had been made and Meshach had been made. That they shouldn't have been afraid. Because Hashem promised them that so they shouldn't have been afraid. But the question is, what is wrong, according to this opinion, that it wasn't good, what is wrong of them being afraid if they felt that maybe they don't deserve for Hashem to protect them. So the question is on Yaakov HaMesha, but the question is not only on Yaakov HaMesha, but the question is on the whole concept of Bitochah. How can we tell a person that you must believe, and not have just someone to believe that it could be, but you must be sure, whenever something happens, you have to have the complete Bitochah in Hashem, trust in Hashem, that He is going to help you for sure. How are you so sure? Maybe maybe you don't deserve it. So how could there be a tzivoy, an obligation, upon us to be sure that we will be saved? At first glance, we could explain the concept of bitochen in this way. Bitochen does not mean, and I'm saying this is not the real, real chat. That's why I'm saying we could, to a certain degree, explain it that way. But as I'll show later, this is not the real chat. We could explain 
that bitochen means not that you believe 100% you are sure that Hashem is going to help you and protect you and save you or do whatever you expect him to do. All it means is that you have the proper amunah. You have the belief, the faith, that everything comes from Hashem. And when you believe that everything comes from Hashem, automatically you're not worried. Because whatever Hashem will do, it'll be fine. If everything comes from Hashem, Hashem knows what He is doing. And therefore, if I'm in trouble, I'm not worried. Hashem will take care of it, whichever way. If I deserve, He'll take care of it and He'll save me from my problems. Even if I see, even if I'm in a, in a, in a situation that you can't see in a natural way how I could be helped. It doesn't matter. If I'm in the hands of Hashem, Hashem is not limited to Teva, to nature. Hashem could save me even if naturally we don't see any way how He could save me. If I deserve to be saved. So if I deserve to be saved, I am sure He will do it. And I don't care what it looks like. There's a letter from the Friedrich Rebbe, an interesting letter where he describes what is the talking. Trust Hashem. So he says that trusting Hashem means even in a place, in a situation, when there is no there is no way possible that naturally you should be saved. You still trust Hashem that He will save you. And he gives an example. When a person, God forbid, is drowning and there is no way how he could be saved, you have to talk. And he says like this, there are two concepts. There is the concept of tikva. And the concept of Bitochen. Tikva is hope. Bitochen is trust. Hope says is as long as there is some, some, some chance, some slight chance, in Derech HaTeva, in natural ways, that you could be saved, that's not Bitochen yet. That's still Tikva. When there is no way naturally for you to be saved at all, then comes in Bitochen. And he gives an example. When you're drowning, and there is a straw floating on the water, and you see the straw, and you hope to saved by your holding on to the straw. Now we know that's pretty slim chance that holding on to the straw will protect you, will save you. Thinking that this will help you, this is still tikva. When there's not even a straw, that's Bitochen. And he says we find the expression tikva in Tanakh, when Yeshua sent the two spies, not to confuse it with the twelve spies sent by Meshach Before they entered Israel, Yeshua sent two spies, Kolov and Pinchos, and they came to this house of Rochov. And Rochov hid them because the government was looking for the police, were looking for them, and she covered them and hid them. Because of that, she asked them for a favor. She said to them that when you're going to come into this country to invade the country, please let my, you please protect my family. Because of what you did. And they promised to do it. But they said, we can't take responsibility. The only thing we want you to do is bring your family to this house and hang out a red string from the window. And that will be the sign to us that this is your house. And they called that red string Tikvas Hashoni. The hope of the string. It's called Tikva. It's hope. Why is it hope? Because you know how many things could happen to that string. The wind could blow all the way. It could get covered if you can't see it. But there is still hope you can see it. But because there is something there, that's called Tikva. When there is nothing there, that's called Tikva. So a person believes that Hashem could do anything. So therefore, Hashem could save him. And he thinks to himself like this. I am now, everything that happens to me is from Hashem. And therefore, I have to be talking, meaning I am not worried. I don't care what happens. I know if Hashem feels that I deserve to be saved, He will save me. And the fact that it doesn't, we can't see any natural way how He will save me, that makes no difference. He 
because Hashem is not limited to nature. So, he can do it if he wants. Who made all the rules of nature? That if this, this happens, then naturally this would be the result. Hashem made it. Who made this law, this rule, that when you're on the water, you fall in, you sink, you drown. And when you're walking on dry land, you don't fall, you don't sink into the ground. Who made it? Hashem. So the fact that I'm drowning, and because of the laws of nature, I have to drown, so Hashem, that's not a limit. He made it so he could change it. But, if he wants to, if he, I deserve it. If I don't deserve it, then he'll do whatever he wants. So, I'm not worried at all. So we could type like this, that Bitochen means a person does not worry at all of what's going to happen because he knows Hashem will take care of him, and that's it. Especially that we know that whatever Hashem does is for the good. So even if Chas it will be bad, well, sometimes a punishment is also good because it purifies the person, etc., etc. So why do I have to worry? So this seems to answer the question. The question we had before, how can there be an obligation that when something happens, you have to be sure that it's going to be good? The answer, according to this chat so far, is that it doesn't necessarily mean that you're sure it's going to be good. It might not be good, but you still don't care. So it means you don't worry. But this is not really the Pshat of Etochen, I must say. It is not true. The meaning of Etochen actually is that when something bad happens, you have to be sure that it will be good. And the question is why? After all, maybe you don't deserve it. Maybe big tzaddikim, the greatest tzaddikim, who are sure that their behavior is 100% the right way, and therefore, they are sure that Hashem is going to protect them because they don't deserve to be hurt. But the person that's not a tzaddik, and most people are not tzaddik, and as the Pasuk says, ain't tzaddik So there is no tzaddik in the world that only does good. So who is the one that's able to be sure that Hashem will help him and will not punish him, so to speak? So how can he be sure everything is going to turn out to be good? Plus, there's another question here. If we talk to me, that I am sure 100% that Hashem is going to save me, protect me, whether I deserve it or not, then how does it fit with schar v'einish, with reward and punishment? We know there is such a thing as reward and punishment. That's one of the foundations of Yiddishkeit. That means if a person doesn't behave properly, we believe, we know, Hashem punishes him. So if Hashem punishes him, therefore when the Torah comes, when the person is in the, it has a problem, if we believe in Nainish, maybe this is the time and Hashem is punishing him. And there is such a thing as punishment. So how can a person say, or have to be sure that he's not going to be hurt? Maybe you deserve to be punished. So what is the meaning of Bitochen? How do we reconcile this with the concept of Bitochen? That Bitochen means that you are 100% sure that what happens, that whatever happens to you, you definitely Hashem will save you. There must be something deeper in this meaning of Bitochen. Shemach said this told different people, there were different stories of some time when people came to the Tzimach with different problems. He told them in Yiddish, and it's a famous expression, he said to them, Trach good, Gazayin good. Think good, and it will be good. And this statement seems to be saying that the fact that you think good, that itself is the cause for it to be good. Which means, and I will explain it in detail in a moment, which means that Bitochen is something that by having the Bitochen itself, this causes that Hashem should actually help you. 
In other words, it's possible that I am in a situation where Hashem does not necessarily definitely have to help me. Maybe I don't deserve to be helped. But if I have the Bitochen, if I have that trust, that itself will be the reason why Hashem will help me. And He will definitely help me because I have the Bitochen. Not like we learned a simple child that the Bitochen means that whatever happens, we don't care, we know for sure Hashem is going to help me. Are you for sure? The Pshat is, based on my previous behavior, I'm not so sure it's going to help me. But if I have the real Bitochen, that itself will make Hashem will help me. Past good. Think positive and think it. Be sure that Hashem will help you. That itself will make Hashem help you. Now the question is why? So let me explain it. Normally we think Bitochen means it's an automatic result of a Munah. When you have a Munah, you have true faith in Hashem. You know Hashem is the Creator. And you know Hashem can do anything. There's nothing in the way of Hashem. And you know that Hashem is Rachon, Vachanun, Hashem is kind and pitiful, merciful, all these things. So automatically you will have Bitochen. If Hashem is able to do anything, there's nothing in His way. And you know that Hashem is good. So that's where Bitochen comes in automatically. If you have the real Amunah, you will come to Bitochen. It is not so. Bitochen is a separate Avaita. Bitochen is something different. What is it? Bitochen means that a person in his mind gives himself over to the hands of Hashem. That's what Bitochen means. A munna, when you have a munna, when you have the faith, it doesn't mean that you're giving yourself over in the hands of Hashem. When you have a munna, it's still possible. A person should believe in Hashem and believe in Hashem 100% and still at the same time go and do something wrong. That's possible. The Gemara says, You could be a ganav and while you're stealing, you're davening to Hashem that you should succeed. Why are you davening to Hashem? Because you believe, you have a munna, that Hashem watches there, is standing there, and sees what you're doing. You believe, you have the real munna, that Hashem hears what you're saying. Because if you feel that He doesn't hear what you're saying, you wouldn't have, you have to scream out loud, that He should hear you in the seventh heaven. Obviously, He's davening quietly, so you know He's standing there. So you have the proper munna, and at the same time, you're able to go steal. Why? Because the munna, as says, is a maki. It's around you, it's not really part of you. You could have the moon and you ask the person, do you really believe that Hashem is all over? Yes. You really believe that God is next, next to you? Yes. But it doesn't mean that you change your behavior because of the moon. But go a step further. Even if a person does change his behavior because of the moon, but it doesn't mean that he gives himself over 100% in the hands of Hashem. The moon means you believe, you have faith in Hashem, that means you believe Hashem is there, and you believe 100% and you follow Hashem's ways. But that doesn't mean that I'm also not there. I'm here too. I'm a Messias. I'm a being. I'm something. And I believe that Hashem could do with me what He wants. That's true. But I'm also something. That's Amunah. Betochen is a step further. Betochen means that a person trusts Hashem so much that he puts himself in the hands of Hashem and he says, Hashem, I'm in your hands. Do what you want. And not Make any chashbeinus. You don't make any calculations of what's going to be the result. Will he help me or not? The moment you start making calculations, will he help me or will he not help me? Do I deserve to be helped or don't I deserve to be helped? Automatically, what it means is that I am a Messias and I'm looking out for myself and I'm wondering, will he help me or will he not help me? And even if I come to a conclusion that even if he won't help me, still Hashem knows what he's doing, but as long as I'm thinking about myself, 
that I didn't really reach the proper proper level of what the Tochen is. The Tochen means a person puts himself in the hands of Hashem, not thinking about what is going to happen to him at all. He says to Hashem, and it's not just saying, really meaning it, feeling it in his heart, and it's a hard of it, it's not easy. Thinking of feeling in your heart, Hashem, you are the boss, I'm nothing, and whatever you do, I, I will agree and it will be okay. I don't care because it's only you. It's not like you said before that a person said, I don't worry because if I deserve the protection, if I don't deserve, he won't. But since he wants it, let it be that way. But there the chat is, according to that, that you still care about yourself. Betochen means that you give yourself over completely to the hands of Hashem. And that's the difference between Amunah and Betochen. Amunah means that a person believes in Hashem, has faith in Hashem, but it doesn't take away the possibility of him being also a Mitzvah, a being, which, a being who is guided by Hashem, or Hashem makes everything happen to him, but he's still there. Betochen means giving yourself over to Hashem. What is the result of Betochen? The result is that if a person makes no chashbenes, makes no calculation of chashbenes of what is with him, automatically Hashem will behave with him midah connected midah, measure for measure. And Hashem will not make any chashbenes with him either. And therefore Hashem will help him. The whole question we had before was that how can a person be sure Hashem is going to help him when according to the chashbenes, maybe he doesn't deserve it. Maybe he doesn't deserve to be helped because he did Avedis. When is that a question when we deal with a cheshm? Hashem makes a cheshm, and in a cheshm, he gives you reward, he gives you punishment. But when Hashem deals with a person beyond cheshm, then whether you deserve or not, he will definitely help you because there is no reason not to help you because there is no cheshm. When does Hashem deal with a person beyond cheshm? Only when the person himself deals with Hashem without Cheshm. By Hashem it works that way. Midah can negate Midah. Whatever you want Hashem to do, you have to do the same thing. And when you do it, this will cause Hashem to do the same thing to you. And this is the meaning of Bitochen. That when you have Bitochen, we are sure that you will be helped. Regardless of whether you deserve or not. And the question was, how is that possible? The Bitochen itself will make that happen. This was a Samachotic meant. Trust good, design good, because you trust good. Look at you trust good. Now that you trust good, you think, oh, I'm sure David will be good to me and he will help me. That's not the point. The point is trust good thinks that you are not a Messias and you are completely in the hands of Hashem and that's it. No more. Hashem. And whatever happens, happens. Not because I think of myself and if it's not so good, it's still because Hashem wants it. It's more than that. It's a hard avoid, it's not easy. To come to real Bitochen is not easy. But if a person reaches that Madregen, if you reach that level, automatically the person will definitely be helped by Hashem. And this is what the Medrish means, that the two people, Yaakov Avinu and Meshur Avinu, according to this chat, when they were afraid, they shouldn't have been afraid, the chat is why? Because they were missing, so to speak, of Yochel, this giving themselves over to Hashem completely. Now, obviously, someone might ask, how can you say by Yankov Avinu or Meshur Avinu that they were missing this concept of being given over to Hashem? Who was more given over to Hashem than, than Yankov Avinu or Meshur Avinu? Well, it means their level, obviously. According to their level, it wasn't as perfect as they should have been as far as they're giving themselves over to Hashem. Or, it means that they behaved in a way that, to us, seems as if they were afraid. 
And that itself is in their level something that is not perfect. This is the general answer always, whenever we talk about the sins that the great, great Sadiqim did. Sadiqim, Maisha Rabbeinu. Yankim Rabbeinu, all the Sadiqim, you say everyone had some kind of sin. It doesn't mean the literal sense that they sinned the way we imagine. It was, or in their level it wasn't as perfect as they should be. Or the fact that they did something that could be, you know, should say, Uzgitaych, could be translated, could be perceived by others as something wrong, is in itself a chasson, something lacking in their high level of perfection. And the same thing is with Yankim Rameshi Rabbeinu in this case. That Hashem writes in the Torah that Yaakov was afraid and Moshe was afraid to teach us not to be that way according to that shot. In our level, their level, we, according to their level, we had, if, we, if we would have their level, it would be 10 million times in the Haimadregi. But they, just like they in their level, were lacking this pure giving themselves over to Hashem. And therefore, in their level, they had this fear. We should not be that way. We in our level should not have the fear. Why should we have the fear? Because we have to put ourselves in the hands of Hashem. And then, we could be guaranteed, we will be guaranteed, that Hashem will help us. If a person has proper bitach, meaning if a person does really, really gives us over the hands of Hashem, is guaranteed that Hashem will help us. They tell a story of this, one of the chassidim, of Shmuel Greinen, he was a mashpia in Lubavitch, in the city of Lubavitch. But he had, once he had a very hard time, Panos, he didn't have any money, and he knew that you have to have bitach. You have to trust Hashem, not only trust, but to be sure that Hashem is going to help you. And if, Hashem, if you're sure Hashem will help you, then Hashem will help you. So he felt, how come Hashem is not helping? Probably he's lacking in the So he decided he's going to sit down and learn through the different svarim that deal with the tochen, until it'll be clear in his mind what the tochen is, so he'll have the tochen. So he closed himself up in a room for two, three days, and took out all the svarim, and I don't know which ones they were, but I imagine it was the famous Alvavis and Shalachubar and all the different svarim that I mentioned before, that deal will be talking. And he sat down for a few days, and he looked into this thing, and he was thinking about it very much, till finally, after the end, it's a hugging like that. The whole concept of the talking was very clear. But after thinking so much, he actually had a terrible headache. So he decided he had to catch some fresh air. So he finished both the body and went outside catch some fresh air. As he was walking, he found a gold coin on the floor. And that gold coin lasted him for many months to support himself. And he saw that after he really, really understood what the token is, so then Taka David helped him and he had really had the token. I really had Hashem help him. So the truth is, if you have the real token, Hashem will help. But to have the real token is a very, very high madrege. It is not just to believe, like I said before, I'm repeating again, not just to believe that we are sure that Hashem is going to help me. Why? Because Hashem is kind. But if I believe that, then there's a question, the word of punishment coming, so that Hashem can never feel he should be punished. It is a reward for the Bitochen itself that Hashem helps. So if you have the proper understanding in Bitochen, meaning you're giving yourself over to Hashem completely, then Hashem can help the person, and the person will be helped by Hashem. The only thing we have to understand still when it comes to Bitochen is Bitochen is that we are sure that Hashem is going to help us, that if a person is sick, it will become cured. If a person is poor, he will really have money. He will be helped in a way that he will see how Hashem helps him. How does that fit to Amuna? On one hand, Bitochen is a result of Amuna. If you have the proper Amuna, 
then automatically it's easier to have the proper become. But in one point, emunah we talk about our contradiction. Emunah means one of the things of emunah is that we believe that everything Hashem does is for the good. A person is supposed to say, and everything gamzu b'tayva. This is also for the good. We have the story in the Gemara with Nachum is gamzu. He used to say on everything, Gamzul Tayyibah, this is also for the good. And it's like a happy. That whatever happened by him, which seemed to be bad, turned out to be good. Famous story in the Gemara with Nachem Gamzul that he was sent by the Jews to the emperor to be Mishtadl concerning a certain decree that he made, tried to nullify the decree. And they sent along a box of diamonds and jewels as a present to the emperor, hoping that this would soften his heart. On the way, he stopped over the hotel and he went to sleep and he put a box under his head. The owner of the hotel was a thief, and he wrapped the box, took out the jewels, put it in sand, and put it back. And when he woke up in the morning, and he looked at it, and he saw it the sand, he didn't care. He said, come to the table. If it happens, it's for good. And he continued to Rome, and he came to Rome, and he gave it to the emperor, and he asked him to nullify the decree. The emperor opened up the box, and he saw sand. He said, what is this? The Jews are making fun of me. So Leon Novi disguised himself as one of the guards, and he said to him, Maybe this is something special. Maybe this is the type of sand that Avram Avinu used when he fought the war against the four kings. Because it says in Medrash that when Avram fought the war against the king, he was himself with his servant or a few people. Either he would throw, pick up sand and throw sand. The sand would turn into spears, into arrows. So, so uh, looked the disguised guard said to the king's emperor, maybe this is the type of sand. They said, let's try it out. Actually, they were at war at that time. They sent it to the front. And yes, that was the sand. So not only did they, were the king happy, but they sent them back and they nullified the decree and they gave him presents. And we don't know what would have happened had they stayed jewels. Because the king had plenty of jewels. Maybe he wouldn't have cared. It wouldn't have helped. And this way it helped. Anyway, the story ends that on the way back, it stopped by the same hotel. The owner of the hotel was sure that this guy is going to be killed because they're going to open up and they're going to see the sand. He came back. And he saw him. He said, how did this happen? So he says, well, it was special sand. It was sand that you throw it, it turns into arrows and spears. So he said, yeah. You know where I took the sand? From my backyard. So I have so much of it. That is, so he loaded up wagon full of the sand and he brought it to the emperor. He says, you see, you got a little bit of sand. I have so much of it. He brought it to him. He said, very good. They tried it out at the war and nothing happened. So he said, this is what you brought me. So they killed him. So here we see how he says, come to the table, it's all, it's, everything is for the good. Then we have the story in the Gemara of Rabakiva. Rabakiva had a different expression. He used to say, whatever Hashem does is for the good. And the Gemara tells the famous story, he went once to the city and he wanted to stay over in a place and they wouldn't let him in, so he had to stay out of the city. So he slept outside and he had with him a candle and a rooster and a donkey. And what happened was, the, 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 the candle burned out and the rooster was killed and the donkey was taken away and he felt very bad but wherever Hashem does it for the good that night robbers came and robbed the whole city now he said now I see how Hashem helped me so we know that our belief is everything is for the good not only when it turns out like the story of Nochem Isdams or the story of Rebekah when you actually see how it's good even if we don't see we know for sure whatever Hashem does is for the good and therefore when someone is got to be sick that's to say, Baruch Hashem, the Gemara says, Kishem, Shemavorchim alaro, Kach, Mavorchim alatayva, Akma alatayva, Kach, Mavorchim alaro. Just like you bless Hashem for the good, you have to bless Him for the bad. The Gemara asks, Akasha, 
But it's not true. There is a different bracha that you make for good and bad. For good you make shechionu, for bad you make baruch dayanemes. By a funeral is different brachas. So the Gemara says it doesn't mean the same blessing, but it means the kabul of simcha. You have to accept it with joy the same way because we know whatever happens is for the good. So we have to have the amun whatever happens is for the good. And at the same time, we have to have bitochen. And what's the bitochen? We have to trust Hashem that it will certainly be good. What kind of good? A person is sick. He has to have the bitochen. Give himself over to the hands of Hashem no matter what he care about himself, as we said before. And then we are sure that what's going to happen, it will really become good. What will happen? He'll become healthy. But we said a minute ago that he believed that when he clicked, that's good. So how come all of a sudden you have the discussion that you say that was, if you're going to become healthy, it will be good. These two things seem to be a contradiction. When the person is poor, you have to say to Hashem, thank God I'm poor. Why? Because it's the best thing in the world that could happen. That's what we have to believe. Whatever Hashem does is the best. At the same time, we are obligated to, first of all, dive into Hashem. Say, Hashem, please give me money. Give me help. Because it's no good the way it is. I need to, I have to change. When it's no good, you just we're feeling it's good and at the same time you're asking for Hashem to help you. And not only asking, but you have to have the Bitochem. Bitochem means that we are guaranteed it's going to happen. Why are we guaranteed? Because you give us over to Hashem, Hashem will make it good. But why good? This is good the way it is. Now, the difference is between the past and the future. That's the image, but it doesn't explain it. We know that for the past, anything that happens is good no matter what it is. For the future, we have to ask Hashem and have to talk and it will be real good. Good that we could see. Tape Hamir and see what we could see. But what's the difference? They said that Friedrich Rebbe, they once asked him, I mentioned this many times, he once was talking about how good it was for him to be in jail. How it helped him spiritually, how it elevated him to higher levels. So someone asked him, Rebbe, oh, in that case, would you like to go back? So he said, I wouldn't sell for a million dollars one minute of my being in jail. I wouldn't go back for one minute for a million dollars. <laughs> the difference between the past and the future, but what's the explanation? Or why? So number one, even if we don't have an explanation, we don't care. If we know that you have to have this amuna, and we know that you have to have this bitochen, whether it makes sense or not, we don't care. Even if it's hofchim, they're opposites. A yid is able to take opposites. We know Hashem is Hashem could hold opposites. Whatever in our mind is considered opposites, it's not opposites in the eyes of Hashem. Hashem is not limited. We are limited to a limit that things which are opposites can't fit together. They're opposites. Hashem is not limited to take opposites. The famous statement of Hashem being Nina Nimnois. He is the impossible of impossibilities. And I don't want to go through that, that subject, but there's some people who used to hold that even though Hashem could do anything, but yes, which means there is the concept of impossibility by Hashem. That's what some Jews held. Some people who wrote to the Rajbo held that there is a there is a concept of impossibility by Hashem. I always say Hashem could do everything. Sure he could, but not two opposites. They gave an example. Hashem, if he wants to push an elephant, an elephant through the hole of a needle, could do it. How could he do it? He can make the elephant so small, push him through. He can make the hole all of a sudden become so big push it through. But the hole should remain small and the elephant should remain big, which are two opposites that he can do. And the Rajvah wrote to them, it's not true. Hashem is impossible of impossibilities. I, it makes no sense. Why doesn't it make sense? Because in our eyes, it's an opposite. An opposite cannot work together. That's all according to our laws of nature and the way we are. 
Hashem is not limited to all that because he's the one that made it. He's not limited to it. So by Hashem there is no such thing as opposite. We who are Yidin and have a Nishome, a holy Nishome, which is a Chalik of the Kavim Al-Mam, it's part of Hashem, we are also able to have two opposites. Yes, a person could fully believe 100% that what he has is good. A person who is sick could believe 100% without a question that it's good because Hashem made it happen, it's definitely good. And at the same time, this person could have the proper mitochni that it's going to be good, meaning that he's going to become healthy, even though this is also good. And that's what he's supposed to think about, even though I said he's not supposed to think directly, but knowing that if I give myself over to Hashem, Hashem was going to help me, help me in a form of that's something that's good, that we could see good. So I, it's opposite. So it's opposite, it's not a kasher. It doesn't make sense, it's no kasher. But besides that, there is a point of explanation. And the point is that Hashem is so good that when is His goodness complete and strong when it comes down in a form that even down here in the eyes of us human beings is good. That's how strong Hashem is good. As long as it doesn't come down in what we call the good that we could see, it's good in a spiritual sense. It means that that goodness did not penetrate through all the levels, all the way down. When the goodness is so good that even we with our physical eyes who are low parts of the creation, we are the lowest. This physical world is the lowest. Even here, it, it seems to be good. Then the kindness, the goodness of Hashem is very strong. And that's why, on one hand, we know whatever Hashem does is good. True. And we believe it's 100% good. And at the same time, to be talking healthy is to turn out to be good that we see good, because then it's a goodness that comes down in a form that it's begiluid, that means that the goodness of Hashem is revealed even down here for us. That's why whenever we dam to Hashem, we ask Hashem to forgive us. We say, Please Hashem forgive us, but not through Yisurim, not through suffering, not through sickness. We ask Hashem not to, because we want it to be good for us. In the in Hila, there is a one of the beauty, one of the passages that we say is, we ask Hashem, Shadr Shemayim Pesach, open up the gates of heaven, and your good treasure, treasury, open for us. But Eber HaShav, when he used to say that, he used to say it a little bit different. Same words, but he stopped at a different point. He would say like this, Shadr Shemayim Pesach, which means open the gates of heaven and your treasury that's good for us. Open. Simple thought is your treasury that's good for us you should open. But he used to say what's good for us because that is the good that comes down and penetrates into this physical world. And that comes from Zangit. So it comes out like here like this. That on one hand what is Bitochen? It's a very high Madrege. Bitochen is Guaranteed, we are sure that it's going to be good in a form of Teva Nirav and Nigla that we could see. That's what Bitochen is. How are you so sure? We said before, Bitochen not sure. But if you have the real Bitochen, you'll become sure. Trach good to nine good, the trachting good, the Bitochen itself will bring it that you will actually have the good. And what kind of good? The good that we could feel with our eyes, see with our eyes and feel with our hands, so to speak. That even to us, like there's an expression I think that everyone said somebody, that it should be good. As the vital of 
be so good that even your wife should say is good. It was something that you could see that the people, the human beings, should be able to see that that's good. Not just good, that if you're learning Siddhis, and you're a big chassid, you'll be able to say it's good. If I, she doesn't know so much. Okay, nowadays are different. Now the women learn Siddhis and they know just as much as the men. But I'm always excited the woman doesn't know So the man, the husband, could say it's good because he learned Siddhis and he learned Svarim and he knows what's good. But the wife, she should also believe it's good. She should also see it's good. Then it's the, the real good. But what makes it happen for sure if you have the proper betochen? And this is the bottom line. Proper betochen, to really trust Hashem and He'll make it. But not because I deserve it, because I know that I'm putting myself in His hands 100%. And if I put myself in His hands, that itself, that that will bring the language.